shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. Every single spring, that first day that I walk outside and I see that yellow dust all over my truck, I'm like, that is Satan's dandruff. It destroys me. I legitimately can't go outside for longer than three minutes because my eyes get swollen, my eyes get puffy, my nose gets congested, and I just simply can't breathe. Luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin clear with Claritin D. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so that you can breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. When I started taking Claritin D about two months ago, I can finally get back outside and play pickleball again, which is what I love to do, but I couldn't do it because my allergies were so bad. Claritin D has legitimately allowed me to go outside again, ready to live life as if you don't have allergies. It's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. Probably one of the most talked about episodes of a podcast I have been on, okay? Not my podcast, someone else's podcast, is the episode with my friends over at Dadville. Okay, listen, Dave Barnes and John McLaughlin, they are hilarious and they lean into that dadville, dad life, dad swagger, all the things on their show called Dadville. And what, what I love about it is, you know, I thought it was just going to be like this funny show when I got on it. No, like deep talks. I, I actually, I think their, their, you know, subtitle or the little byline of their podcast is called Funny Thoughts and deep talks, right? And we had both of them. My episode of the Dadville podcast aired a few weeks ago. You guys can look it up. And uh, they just really lean into parenting, life in general. And honestly, they are some of the funniest people that I know. So you guys are going to want to go check out Dadville. So just listen to Dadville wherever you find or listen to your podcast. Um, some other episodes that they've had that you may want to listen to is they've had Ben Rector on the podcast. They've had Chris Tomlin on the podcast. They've had Tyler Hubbard from Florida Georgia Line on the podcast. And I'm telling you that they prepare questions that we weren't ready for. Okay, so wherever you listen to your podcast, make sure you go check out Dadville the Dadville podcast. You're going to love it. They release episodes every Tuesday. Hey, hey. Men, women, and children, hope is in the building. Hey, yeah. What is good, Human Hope Familia? Welcome to another episode of the Human Hope Podcast with your host, Carlos Enrique Wittiket, Guzman Archibald Cabello, or Los for short. How you guys doing? 
You guys know that, you know, if, you, if you've been a long time listening to the podcast, you remember, I, and I can't remember what episode it was that I told you that I built a beehive, but I've obviously fallen in love with bees. I have had a few failed bee experiences. Um, one is currently failing as I speak, but it's still, still there, still hanging on. It's, this is how it goes. Last Christmas, father-in-law Dan, he sends our family a beehive, a build your own beehive kit for Christmas. And I looked at Heather. She looked at me. We're like, nah, that ain't happening. But I don't know. I was kind of bored for a couple of days. So I was like, I'm going to build it. And I built it. And when I built it, I went on YouTube. And that's always the beginning of my demise and falling straight down into the utter holes of YouTube and getting addicted to something that I didn't know I would be addicted to. Uh, when I saw what the, like the lifespan of, the 42 day lifespan of a bee and what a bee accomplishes and how a bee is part of a, the, the small organism is part of, part of a greater organism. And just like how bees like fly miles a day to this same little spot of flowers and go get their, their pollen and nectar and they fly back. Oh, they know exactly where to fly back to. And the fact that I could have two beehives next to each other and the bees never go in the wrong hive. And the fact that when they, when they want to leave, they will just leave and they will send out scout bees and the scout bees will come back and they'll do a little dance and then they'll vote democratically, like which bee, which scout bee they're going to follow when they take off. My mind was blown. All I had known of bees was the bee movie where it was weird that this woman, adult, female, human woman is having a relationship with the bee. The movie's weird. But what's not weird is what I started to learn as I researched and so I just was like, wow, like, I wonder if like, so, so my friend Danica, Danica McKellar, she's been on the podcast before I told her about my beehive and she's like, oh my gosh, if you want to get into bees, you should meet my friend Jay, Jay Williams. And I was like, who's Jay? Well, Jay is like his beekeeper in here in middle Tennessee in Franklin. So she put us like on a group text and he's like, yeah, man, like I have a bee class. Uh, it's, it's like in the spring. And I was like, okay. I mean, again, this was like January I'm texting him and not really thinking about it, but I am watching more and more bee stuff and I'm looking at my beehive every time I go down to the garage and I'm like, that just, that looks like, I wonder if like, would bees really do what they do here in my little house, my little bee house? So then I, I watch as much bee stuff as I can. And then I go to, I go to bee school. I go to bee school. And can I tell you, Jay Williams and his bee school changed the trajectory of my life. I, that, that is not an exaggeration. I love bees. And I'm the guy that used to be terrified of bees, like terrified. And so it was, I think it was like two full days and maybe a half day of just learning about bees. So I sat there and I took notes and then I got the bee suit and I got the bee smoker and I got the bee brush and I got all the things I needed. And then I ordered my bees. I ordered 20,000 bees, two 10,000 package unit of bees. And then I drove, you, you, this is all on Instagram. It, it, you can go follow all my, I have a highlight of my bee stuff. And then I drove to Murfreesboro, 30 minutes away from my house to go pick up said bees. And as I pull into the driveway, I'm seeing bees everywhere flying around and I'm freaking out. I'm like, I, I didn't come in a bee suit. I get out and I like go to pick up my bees. And I, I look at the guy that is giving the bees away that I ordered. And he's got like some toothpaste on his face, which just so you know, if you get stung by a bee, rub some toothpaste on it. Not quite sure what it does. Maybe maybe it's a joke that beekeepers do towards each other. But, but he had some toothpaste on his bee sting. He got stung in the face, and this is like a professional bee holder guy. So then I walk inside, and they're like, "Okay, here's your bees." 
And then they, I, they give me my bees in a box, like a, with, with like a cage on it. And I take two boxes, 10,000 bees each, and I continue to put them in my truck with me. I don't know what I was thinking. I was thinking maybe I could put them in the bed of my truck. No, no. They're like, no, you can't put bees and drive down the road 60 miles an hour in the bed of your truck. You got to put them in the truck. So then I put them in my truck and now I'm in my truck hearing 20,000 bees buzzing three feet behind me. And then a few of them would get out on the drive. And I swear to you, if I swear on my life, I would have crashed that truck had a bee landed on me. Thank God. One flew by my face. I just lowered my window down, held my breath. And that thing just flew out, which I kind of felt bad. Like all his family's inside this little box. And now he's like all by himself in the middle in between Nashville and Murfreesboro. Come home. Remember everything I learned in bee school? Dump the bees in the bee box. Long story long. If you're still hanging on eight minutes and 56 seconds later. So began the journey of my bees. I wanted, So two beehives dumped one, one box in each of them. And one of the beehives, no, one of the bee families left a few days later. <laughs> like, did you know you can buy yourself 10,000 bees, put them in, a, put them in your bee, beehive and they'll just bounce. They'll just leave. They'll just leave you. That's what happened. I named my bees Queen Labifa and Beyonce. Beyonce left. Queen Labifa stayed. It was devastating. So on my bee journey, so I lose some bees and then, and then Queen Labifa disappears. I think she got murdered. And then they make a new queen, which we're calling her Cardi B. Yes, bees make queens. They make their own queens. So we named her Cardi B. And now we've got Cardi B in the colony. Yeah, I just checked yesterday. She got she got eggs in there. She got um, larvae. She's, she's doing her thing. But the colony's not growing. And so all this whole time, I am talking and texting and visiting and begging my friend Jay to help me with my bees. And Jay will comment on my Instagram. He's like, yo, bro, no, I, I think I think you got problems in the beehive. So here I sit, a rookie beekeeper, three, four months into this beekeeping journey. I still have, it's probably 10,000 bees in my backyard. They're making a little bit of honey. They're not really growing. And that's about as much like technical bee talk that you're going to get in this podcast because here's the beautiful thing. My friend Jay is about to be your friend. And I went to South Hall Farms where Jay is in charge of 4 million bees. You got that right. And I hung out with him and he took me all around uh, South Hall and he taught me everything about bees. Now, Jay is the pollination program manager over at South Hall Farms, which is this beautiful property. They got a spa, they've got a hotel, they got cabins, they have bees, they have it's, you know, farm to table, all this stuff. If you're ever in or near Nashville, you got to make your way down to South Hall. It's amazing. But Jay, Jay runs the program there. But not only that, but Jay uh, also owns Williams Honey Farm. And I love what it says about Williams Honey Farm. It says, Williams Honey Farm is just like a beehive. We have many moving parts that all work together for one common goal, survival of the honeybee. Now, did you know that one in every three bites that you take of something is produced because of a honeybee? Without the honeybee, we, we wouldn't be eating. Okay. So besides all of that kind of ecological, environmental stuff about the bees, Jay is just a fascinating human being. Jay, Jay comes from a movie family. Jay was a, um, worked like as a, a cameraman in Hollywood. His sister, uh, you may remember her, Kim uh, Paisley Williams from Father of the Bride. Uh, she was 
uh, the bride and Steve Martin. And so I like, I'm really resonating with that story right now. Anyway, Jay, so Jay, Jay comes from this, you know, actor family and he ends up being a firefighter, seeing a lot of very traumatic things and bees ended up being the thing that really saved his life. And Jay is going to talk to us today about not, not, a, we're not getting into the specifics of beekeeping, but we are going to talk about what can bees teach us about life? Oh, yes. I'm telling you, it is going to be such a great conversation. I went out to South Hall. We put a mic on Jay and and uh, he just was so gracious. So first of all, like I, I would tell, if you live in Nashville, if you're ever near Nashville, go to South Hall, take the bee tour and go hang out with the 4,000 bees. I was scared to death the bees. Uh, my assistant, Whitney from Wisconsin, was with me and I've still not gotten stung. I've been working with bees for four months. Whitney was with bees for one day and got stung. <laughs> right in front of me. So sorry, Whitney. But yeah, I just think that this is a different conversation than we normally have on Human Hope. But the 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 amount of hope you're going to get listening to Jay's story, listening to what he does at South Hall Farms, listening to how bees and humans really can learn a lot. We can learn a lot from bees. And I just think you're going to be inspired. I think that this is going to be a fun conversation that is going to give many of you hope. So my friends, do me a favor. And, uh, just get ready to enjoy, smile, and maybe take a deeper breath than you have in a while as we talk about bees and life with Jay Williams. I am on a really cool looking sofa at South Hall Farms with my buddy Jay. Jay, say hi to the Human Hope family. What's up? How are you? <laughs> we, we, ju- we just, I just left maybe... Uh, I'm not going to say top five, maybe top 10 coolest moments of my entire life, because I feel like there is going to be more cool moments that are going to outshine what I just experienced in my beekeeping life in the next decade. So I want to, I want to give like room for improvement, but that was incredible. You just took me out. Where, where would you say that we were at the main apiary? We were at the mating yard. So like the mating we, yard. Yeah, you were close to like, there is really no main apiary, but uh, you were you were at the heart of the growth and the energy of the future generations. Yes. That's where you were. So good, so good. So uh, just a little uh, a little bit of backstory here. As most people know, and actually not a lot of my podcast listeners do know, unless you follow me on Instagram. But podcast specific, I was gifted a a beehive. I think is what I called it when uh, for Christmas last Christmas, and. I remember thinking, I don't know what to do with this thing. And so I just built it. Like I, I just was like, well, let me just put it together. So that was fun. And I thought that was going to be it. And it was going to be in the garage. But then I like went on YouTube and I don't know if it, what documentary it was, but my jaw was hanging open at what these bees do. One thing led to another. You all that listen to this know that I've learned to make knives. I've learned to solve Rubik's Cubes. I've learned magic. I get addicted, fly fishing, all the things. But this one, for some reason, hook, line, and sinker. And I jumped all in. Uh, and then my friend Danica McKellar, who's a friend of both of ours, she's like, you've got to meet my friend Jay. Hmm. And so she put us on a, on, a, on a message. And I ended up going to, to B-School and literally it was drinking out of a fire hydrant and began my journey of beekeeping. And I find myself here now sitting with you, Jay. What I would love for you to do is just to unpack how you ended up so consumed and in love 
and maybe even healed by these bees. I think, I, I don't know if I'm all the way healed. Are oh. any of us all the way healed? Ooh, no, right? I, like, no, definitely not. We're, we're, this is a journey. This is a struggle. But I will say that I never thought I'd be sitting on this couch yeah. with you today. Yeah. I never thought I'd be living and breathing bees every single day. Right. I thought I'd be an actor, honestly. I really? grew up thinking I'd be in show okay. business. And I was a cameraman for many, many years. Wow. And all of a sudden, one day, I thought, I got to do more for this world. Huh. Uh, as I'm sure you have felt yep. the same way. Yep. I got to do more for this world. So I became a fireman. And I was a fireman in LA. And I loved it. It was great. Uh, got married, moved to Tennessee. Was a fireman for another 12 years. And when you're a fireman, you work for 48 hours, then you're off for 96 hours. Right. What are you going to do for 96 hours, right? <laughs> right. That's a lot of time. You got to do something. And I'm, I'm someone who I got to be busy. I got to be doing something and yeah. I want to be furthering myself in some way. So my wife read an article about how bees were in trouble in the Tennessee in 2008. Now, are you still in LA? Uh, we're back here. In, you're back in here. Okay, yep. okay. We moved here at that point. That's right. No kids. Okay. Uh, so really nothing to do other than go to work and, yeah. and hang out and stuff. It was a great time. And she read an article about how they were in trouble. And this was during colony collapse disorder that happened around that time period. And I remember reading this article being like, why is everybody afraid of bees? Like there's something about it that's pretty cool. And I love helping people. Well, maybe I can just help some bees as well. Yeah. And one thing leads to another. I get two hives. And then within a week, I want a hundred. It like absolutely hooked me. And it continues to hook me. That's the thing. Like I love telling people is this little bug, this yeah. tiny little bug yeah, yeah. will teach you a lesson every day about yourself, about the bees, about this world, leadership, following. I mean, you name it, I can go on and on. And it's just like, it's literally that snowball down the hill and it's just bigger and bigger and bigger until now I'm sitting on a couch with you talking about it. I mean, okay, so take us to firefighting. Take us to probably if, if you look at your story, you know, the stressors that are involved in that job, comparatively speaking to what you do now, how ha have bees helped in your journey of healing from what maybe you've had to, I mean, it's probably pretty traumatic things that you had to see as a firefighter. Yes. I mean, let's be honest. There's one chaotic environment and now I'm in another one, right? Like yeah. bees are super chaotic. Yeah. And <laughs> What I realized was that um, chaos is a matter of perspective. You've right. got to have perspective. And sometimes, you know, you're not necessarily part of the chaos. Right. The chaos you've come up upon. And you need to, you know, assess it, you know, handle things, that sort of thing. But usually the best way to deal with chaos is you take a step back. Mm. You, you separate yourself. And believe it or not, it's not as crazy as you think. Well, I feel like in beekeeping, it's the same thing. There's a million bees flying around your head. It's super crazy. It's, you know, totally um, imposing. And you're not really sure what to do. You take a deep breath, yeah. you stop. Yeah. Um, beekeeping is very meditative. So you like sort of take a step back and really gather your thoughts and then go for your plan of attack. And guess what? In firefighting, plan equals peace. You have a plan, uh -huh. you go for it. Uh -huh. But guess what? <laughs> Most of the time, that's not what ends up right, happening. That's right. not where you go. That's okay. Like, and beekeeping is the same way. You got a plan of attack for the day. Guess what? You open up the hive, it's queenless. Mm. Labifa, she's, she's hurt, you know, or the, mm. the, yeah, the package has, has flown off. What are you going to do? You're not going to freak out. Right. You're going to take a, take a minute and then come up with a plan. And so that's what I had to do in firefighting. And it's now just transitioned right into beekeeping. But, you know, there's something more here that, that yeah. I feel like is worth talking about. Yeah. I, unfortunately, in 20-year career of firefighting, yeah. saw a lot of things. Yeah. And this world is really rough. Sure. And whether you can, you know, deal with things or not, uh, going through traumatic incidents, um, in, you know, it, it affects you. Uh -huh. And it's like a scar. I like to say it's like death by paper cut. 
It's like wow. just a little bit over time. And eventually, you know, you got to, that scar tissue can only hold on for so long. Yep. And what I didn't do when I was in firefighting was talk about it. Mm. And I didn't take a minute and try and take care of myself. I bottled it up and particularly suicides or kids always just, they continue to wreck me. Wow. Uh, and so there was many times where uh, I would deal with a really bad incident and I would come home and guess what? The bees would save me. They wow. would literally bring me back down to earth. They would cause me to stop what I was doing, take mm -hmm. a deep breath. Um, you talk about this uh, quite frequently that there is some magic in this world yeah. that God has put here. Yeah. I don't know what it is. Right. You can't exactly describe it. Totally. The bees is that my version of that. Wow. That's my Carlos Whitaker magic story. Yes. Like those bees, there's an energy that I feel when the bees leave the hive, they fly around your head. Yeah. There is something <laughs> like I'm talking to bugs. All, like yeah. Jay talks to insects. Like yeah. this is the weirdest thing. I grew up in a family of actors. Like we're none of us are bug people right. at all. Right. And bugs are something you squish. Like that's reality. <laughs> but the thing is, I'm now completely flipped and I talk to bees all day long. Uh, their magic, I can't describe, but mm. it has saved me. It's my therapy. Yeah. Um, I'm a big believer in therapy. Yeah. I know you are yep, too. I am too. Um, and I'm a big believer now in talking about your feelings, talking about your thoughts, and yeah. that makes you better, makes other people better. Uh, I grew up in a, you know, I was, I had three kids in the family, older sister and younger sister. I'm the middle child. Okay. I'm your classic middle child, right? My head's on a swivel. I'm trying to figure out, am I the younger or the older? You right, know, where right. do I where fit do I in? Fit? Yeah. Fit? I can give hugs like no one's business because I grew up in a family that were huggers and yeah. they were, they, we talk about things and I'm trying to, you know, talk about my feelings more. I'm trying to get in the fire service, particularly yeah. people need to talk about stuff. Wow. You can't bottle it up anymore. Um, and the bees are one thing that has saved me and enabled me to start, you know, getting a good third per person perspective. All right, what, what's, what am I dealing with right now? What can I fix? What can I not fix? Uh -huh. Where do I pivot? Yes. Um, because that's all I'm freaking doing every right. single day. Every single, I mean, I, okay. I watched you pivot today, like <laughs> four or five times. I was like, oh, nope. Jay's pivoting. Uh -huh. Oh, we're pivoting. And all of a sudden I'm standing on the second rail of the, <laughs> of the trailer trying to grab some frames. It's yeah. just what you do. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's okay. And I think there's a, there's a magic in that. Yeah. There's a magic in that. You know, one of the things that, uh, that has, has fascinated me about bees in general and my journey, which is very fresh, still, you know, five months in is the, is how I feel like bees, no matter who, everybody that was in that class, when I went to B school, I don't care if there was a president of a bank in there. I don't care if there was a prince from another country. I don't care if there was a swimsuit illustrated model in there. We all, bees just level us. They just level us. Talk to us a little bit about how you see bees really doing that to people and, and helping us kind of get on the same page. And especially in a world where gosh, there's so many opinions and there's so many people just arguing and mad. And what, what can bees teach us about how to, my book is called How to Human. What can bees teach us on how to truly human with each other? By the way, I want to write a book called How to Be. Boom. That's it. That's it. Just bam, just right there. Uh, inspired by Carlos. No way. That's <laughs> um, awesome. You know, I feel like um, there's a lot of things to unpack there. I feel like uh, bees humble me on a daily basis. Yep. They humble uh, Catherine, who works with me here, uh, on a daily basis. Uh, you think you know what you, what's happening. You uh -huh. think you figured it out. All right, I know exactly what this bee is going to do. Right. What they want. And then you fall right on your face. Wow. And so every single day you're schooled yep. um, to keep on trying. I'm a rookie for life. I was a rookie mm. for life in the fire department too. It's very, very similar. Like wow. you never mastered. The day I master this thing, I'm going to quit. Yep. Uh, and that's a, you know, it, it's a healthy perspective. 
so yeah, you feel like you know what you're going to do. In the end, you and I right now, we have, you know, you probably have a few hundred thousand daughters, right? I have about 5 million daughters. Yes, yes. Um, but we're on a similar path in that we think we figured this out or we think we know what they're going to do. And this is a wild animal that we have domesticated. Right. And in the end, it's going to do whatever it's it wants. It's going to do what it wants. Raising bees is like raising a teenager. Yes. You know, you're trying to steer them in the right direction, but in the end, all you can do is arm them as much as yeah. you can. You hear that, Lucia? And they're on their way. Yep. <laughs> you do your best. You try and teach them the right thing. You try and establish a safe, happy environment to thrive. Yeah. And you hope for the best. I said this earlier. I want to say it again. When, yeah. When you're a good beekeeper or when you really feel like you got this thing is when you're enabling. I'm an enabler. Mm. I'm a professional enabler. I am finding out what my bees are really good at, uh, their traits, their happiness, their weaknesses. Yeah. By the way, you and I have baggage. We all have baggage. Yes. And for crying out loud, we got to start admitting it and saying, okay, this is what I'm dealing with. This is what I'm struggling with, but this is what I'm really good at. Yeah. So guess what? As your manager, as your partner, whatever it is, I want to enable my bees. I want to enable my partner to thrive. Um, enable good. my teenagers to thrive. Yeah. And these bees are teaching me that every day. This wow. bug has taught me that lesson. <laughs> that is amazing. Hey there. I'm Dr. Maya Shunker, and I'm a scientist who studies human behavior. Many of us have experienced a moment in our lives that changes everything, that instantly divides our life into a before and an after. On my podcast, A Slight Change of Plans, I talk to people about navigating these moments. Their stories are full of candor and hard-won wisdom. And you'll hear from scientists who teach us how we can be more resilient in the face of change. Listen on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You know, um, watching you do what you do and, you know, watching you teach the this class for two days that we did and then watching you out here, there is something inside of you that, like, have you always loved to teach? Like, has this been something that it's not, it did, didn't, didn't just come out with the bees, but have you been teaching forever? Like, like always, have you always been a teacher? Yes. Uh, I think I've always been a storyteller as well. Okay. I love telling a story. Uh, I love, um, definitely love teaching. Grew up in a family of actors where we love expressing ourselves. Yeah. Uh, and I feel like when I got into beekeeping, there was not a lot of good teachers, okay. to be honest. Yeah. Um, I just didn't, it didn't I, resonate I, I with me. I see them all on YouTube yes, right now. <laughs> exactly. And you know, it's, we should say that too, for some of your followers that yes. are like, I want to get into beekeeping. Right. YouTube is great. It's also terrible. Oh, terrible. Oh Everybody's an expert. And yeah. this is the other thing that I, I really try and um, push with my beekeeping and uh, stuff on social media is that yeah. everybody's perfect on Instagram. Everybody's perfect oh, yeah. on, on YouTube. And they show you that their bees are awesome and everything's amazing. Well, I want to show you how I failed. Uh-huh. Like today, like I want to show you this queen is not cutting it. Like right. Jay did not raise a perfect queen. Right. I feel like we all need to do that more in our lives, whether it's beekeeping or whether it's whatever it is your profession is. Yeah. I think the more that we can be transparent and be be saying, look, this is what I'm doing well. And this is what, this is where I failed. And this is what I'm going to do about it. Right. I right. think that's the lesson. Everybody's going to fall down. It's whether you get back up or mm. how you get back up. Uh, and make a difference that really matters to me. And and I don't know why, but beekeeping is my vehicle to, to pass it, that message. Oh, it is. It, I mean, it's, I, I'm definitely to the point now where, you know, my poor wife, anywhere we go to, all, all my friends, the first thing they want to know is because none of them are beekeepers. How are the bees? Mm-hmm. And then she's, she's just, literally she'll gasp. Uh, and then I just go. And I'm talking, and then they're like, wait a second, what's a virgin queen? Wait, queens are virgins, and then they fly, and then they mate, and then the drones, and then, you know, I'm all in, man. I am like, you know, I'm all yeah. in. I bought this book here. I bought a book while I was here. I, I got to stay here at South Hall one night called, was it Bee Democracy? Honeybee Democracy. Honeybee mm-hmm. Democracy. Yeah. Devoured that in a day. Mm-hmm. Like, I, and my mind was blown. 
two things in your head that just off the top of your head that are, that still blow your mind about bees. Like, like, like give, give me like top two or three things that you're like, I just, the fact that bees even do this blows my mind. I mean, like for instance, for me, the fact that bees will vote on where it is they, they're going to go live next uh-huh. is mind-blowing yeah, to me, yeah, right? Like yeah. that kind of stuff. That's probably the hardest question you can yeah. ask me today because I could go oh. on and on forever about yeah. it. A few things okay. that fire off the top of my head. When bees fly through the air, they generate a positive electric charge. Did you know that all flowers in nature are negatively charged? No. So that when the bee lands on the flower, the what? pollen goes right to the bee. Is that oh insane or what? Gosh. Like, we don't think of this sort of thing. No. That's a God level thing. Like, yeah. let's just call it what it is. Yeah. Like, that is amazing to me. Other things, when a, so when you want to swarm, when the hive is like, all right, it's time to go. We got, we're outgrowing the house. We got to go or whatever. Yeah. They send out scout bees to find wherever they're going to end up. Right. Those scout bees, let's say a hundred, they come back to the hive and they're trying to tell everybody else, like, this is where we got to go. They're trying yep. to do their dance, right? Yep. They're, yep. they're waggling and, and trying to show off, like, this is the direction to go. They are all screaming at the same time. I found the best spot. I found the best spot. Guess what? the bees are better listeners. Like they're speaking, but guess what? They're listening even more. Oh. And so when a hundred are saying the same message, then sooner or later, all those into one message and the entire hive will get up or half the hive will get up and leave and go to that new colony or that new spot because they all are listening right. more than speaking. And that's another message. That like, is a go. message. Keep on going I'm, back. I'm ready for B, your B book. <laughs> this is so good, man. I mean, have you ever met someone that like, you can tell they're waiting for you to finish for them to speak. You know what I mean? Oh my gosh. The worst. Yeah. Yeah. All the time. And yeah. and they're not listening. And right. these bees that, that they're literally, all they're doing is like processing what you're, what the scout bee is coming back to tell them. Yeah. And then they're all singing the same thing, doing the same dance together. Yeah. And by the way, since we're talking about waggle dances, yeah. another thing, there's a bonus thing for oh, you. Oh, bonus. Waggle dances are taught. So a waggle dance is a generational thing. You, what? Yeah. So the elders in the hive will be like, no, move your booty, shake it this way. Don't shake it that way. It is a literally taught skill passed on from generation to generation. I love that. You can't ignore your past. Our history matters to us. And that's I, demonstrated I, right here. I don't, I don't even, I, I mean, <laughs> I, 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 I don't even know what to say after you just said uh, those three things. Okay. For, for those that are listening and have no idea what you're talking about when you say a waggle dance, what, what, what are you okay. talking about? Good question. So uh, bees will go out, they'll find a nectar source, right? Oh, this flower um, this far away is, is a great spot for us to collect nectar. Comes back to the hive, shares a little bit of that honey, like passes it on, says, okay. hey, get a load of this, take a hit of this. Oh, wow. And then the, the offspring or everybody else in the colony says, okay, well, how do I get there? So they trace, they dance the shape of a heart and the base of the heart points to the nectar source out in the field but on top of that, it's in relation to the sun. So they will dance the heart at an angle in relation to the sun. So, all right. So that's pretty cool, right? Yeah. Well, pretty. what happens if like two minutes later, Carlos is like, all right, I'm going to go to this, this nectar right. that yeah, Jay yeah, yeah. is talking about. Well, the sun's moved. So they have to calculate in their head. It's been two minutes and 30 seconds since I saw that waggle dance and I'm going to figure out where to go. Here's where the shape of the heart is. All right, nears where the sun is. Now I find where I'm going. They're constantly computing it. The size of the heart, the bigger the heart, the yeah. farther away it is. The smaller the heart, the closer. What? Yeah, amazing, it's insane. And somebody sat and watched and studied this to figure it out. To the person that's scared of bees, to the person that that is, well, first of all, who who is the person that sat and figured this out? That that watched the heart shape. Do we know Tom Seeley? Was it? No. Maybe it was no Langstroth, Lorenzo Langstroth, hundreds of years ago, by the way. This is, this is another good thing that's, that's good for, for your listeners to know is yep. beekeeping is cutting edge. It's great. And yet it hasn't changed in 
200 years, 250 years. So we are still tapping into the history. We're still tapping into this old timey, cool skill. I add, you know, Bluetooth sensors and I add all my, yeah. I'm a techie guy. I love yeah, this stuff. Me too. Yeah. But the thing is in the end, this is a skill that's been around forever. And the guys hundreds of years ago um, studied the waggle dance and figured it all out. I think the guy who figured it out was blind, wasn't he? And his assistant taught him, like traced it out for what? him. Yeah. Von Frisch. Oh, okay. Is, is this dude from the place you say that one in four people are beekeep, beekeepers? No. <laughs> yeah. Lorenzo Langstroth is the, the modern day or the father of the kind of hives that you and I have. Yeah. And he was in the 1700s. I okay. So we're literally practicing wow. a, a skill from the 1700s. I love that. Honey, th that, that in, in a new beekeeper's head is when I first said I'm going to beekeep, my thought was, yeah, because I'm just going to be drinking honey. Like that is from day one, like honey. Now it's, it's, it's funny how it has switched in my head. I'm like, I, it's gone from wanting honey to wanting my colony to thrive and wanting, you know, all. And so suddenly like that is now the end goal. But talk to us about, about honey production and how much honey can say somebody's thinking, yeah, I want to, I want to become a beekeeper, beginning beekeeper. Are they ever going to be able to get honey? Like, What's that look like? So typically most people say, I'm going to get beehives because I'm going to get honey in right. a couple months. It's yep. going to be great. Give yep. it all my friends. Totally not reality. Not at all. You're learning it, living it right now. Typically um, a beekeeper will start a hive and 18 months later is when they actually harvest their first wow. harvest. In, and it all depends on where you live, how much you harvest and when. But in Tennessee, you can expect from an average colony about 60 pounds of honey okay. a year. 60 after pounds. the honey or after the hive is adult, after, after they've grown up. Yeah. Uh, so it's going to take a while. We are all about the bees, not about the honey, believe uh -huh. it or not. Honey sometimes is annoying. Let's be honest. Yeah. Because it's like, oh man, this thing is heavy. You got to feel it today. I got like, to feel it today. I got to deal with this thing. I mean, it's great, but it's also like, whew, like this is a lot of work. Yeah. I am about raising bees that my kids can appreciate someday. Yeah. I am about trying to create this quality genetic, this good stock that's going to help bring back all the bees that have died off in Tennessee. Yeah. But in terms of honey, honey's amazing. Yeah. It's one of the only uh, foods out there that will never spoil. You can eat honey from ancient Egypt. Really? Uh, it changes in flavor. Sure. But honey is literally a living, breathing organism. I told you I just got back from Honey Sommelier School, yes, level one. And I learned so much in this school. But what I learned the most is that this living, breathing organism never tastes the same as the honey next door to it. So like, uh, you know, everybody thinks I've tasted honey, I know what it is. Yeah. But honey is a direct representation of the terroir, the territory that it came from. So the VOCs, volatile organic compounds that honey is emitting, that smell, that okay. you smell, yep, yep. it all is dictated by where it was made, how it was made, were the bees happy? Literally right. the behavior of the bees dictates the flavor of this honey. Cause were they active? Were they going out and gathering honey from the clover or the right. bass were the locust? Right. Or were they like, eh, I'm just gonna go off the Coke can huh. and the curb. You yeah. know, it's, it's all a matter of perspective and the bees. So this honey will change depending on how long it's been around. Um, it's constantly giving moisture to the air or okay. taking moisture back. There are, I learned there's multiple varieties or families. Um, so when you smell honey first, you can get a floral smell, a fruity smell, an animal smell, wow. a chemical smell. There's honey that smells like stinky feet. No. Yes. And it's all the rage in Europe. Really? <laughs> all the rage in Europe. Yes. There's uh, there's a eucalyptus honey that I had to taste over and over again at this class. <laughs> I thought I was going to ralph everywhere, <laughs> but it's part of the experience. Yeah. Uh, there's other honey called sweet chestnut honey, Okay. Um, tree of heaven honey, considered delicacies. In America, we probably wouldn't go for it, but right. it's, a, it's, it's amazing characteristics 
um, that you'd never know yeah. until you go through this thing. My goal here at Southall is that everybody that comes to my honey tastings yep. uh, that we do on the weekends um, is that when you're done with honey tasting, you go home. I always make this joke, open up your pantry. Uh -huh. I want you to grab that squeezy bear that yep. I know you have, and yep. I want you to throw it out the window totally. and never look back because what you have in your pantry right now is not honey. It's not honey. It's honey flavored syrup. It's wow. a joke. Uh, and we have a huge problem. It's called honey laundering. What? In the US where honey is brought in from other countries and then cut with uh -huh. syrup, water, whatever it is. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a big problem. So wow. as much as I can promote going home and supporting your local beekeeper, uh -huh. raising bees yourself, yep. um, taking care of yourself with a good product, take care of bees at the same time, we're yeah. all gonna win. If I take care of my honey, my bees, yeah. um, the product is gonna be much better. Yeah. It's about fostering a safe environment for my queens and their offspring. Uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a big believer in a team environment. And yeah. so when I win or when bees win, I win. It's, it's a, we're in this thing together. Right. Um, your queens can last you two to three years if you take care of them. Mm. It's great lessons. Like mm -hmm. treat her right and yeah. just stick around. Yeah. Uh, and so when you do that, you get much better honey and then you're really the most popular house in the neighborhood. Totally. Because everybody wants what you got. Yep. Yeah. Uh, in my house, we have honey on tap. That is <laughs> Literally so, it's on tap. Uh, that is so cool. I'm going to make my way to your house so that I can get some honey <laughs> on tap. Podcast is called Human Hope. I love to ask my guest what is giving you hope these days? So right now, as we're recording this, it is middle of the summer, 2023. It can be anything. It doesn't have to be bees. It could be anything. What is giving Jay hope these days? What's giving me hope these days is this, this kind of a conversation. What's giving me hope is people saying, hey, how do you feel? How's mm -hmm. it going today? Yeah. Uh, looking me in the eye. Yeah. Um, acknowledging me and I'm acknowledging them back. I'm noticing this because I do feel like we have an issue right now. We have a challenge. And I'm noticing this maybe because I'm putting it out there, but I'm right. getting it back at the right. same time. Um, what's giving me hope these days is that around us, everything is blooming. Yeah. And everything is alive. Yeah. Uh, and vibrant. Yeah. I'm hopeful for my kids' future. Yeah. Uh, and I wasn't over yeah. you know, the last few years. Yeah. I'm hopeful for what we're all trying to do for each other. Yeah. Um, I think we went to a dark space and I think we're now starting to wake up and be rebounded. Agreed. And you're, I think, leading that. I, I hear that in your voice. Yeah. I see that on the road when you're doing it. Yeah. Um, I think people want this. Yeah. They want this conversation. They want you know to know that there are other people like them that are struggling and also that are healing. Yes. I don't think I have to have a message just because I'm struggling. Right. I think my message is we are all struggling together Yes. and we can heal together at the same time. Yeah, I love it. Dude, Thanks so much. Thank you. It's been amazing. Anytime. Awesome. I can't believe I get to say this, but I am partnering with a beekeeping partner for the podcast. What in the world? How is this even happening? That's right. Carlos Whitaker is now officially partnering and sponsored by Beekeepers Natural. Okay, Beekeepers Natural, uh, their mission is to reinvent the medicine cabinet. Okay, so this isn't necessarily just for you beekeepers. This is for those of you that want to stay organically healthy. They merge modern science with natural medicine to create clean, effective products that actually work, right? Propolis is the hero ingredient, which I've got in my backyard in my beach right now. Okay. And it helps support their, our immune system, all sorts of things. And they also practice sustainable beekeeping and third-party test our formulas, their formulas, to ensure that their products are free from pesticides and heavy metals. Okay. So now I talk about propolis on my podcast today. Um, so I won't go deep into what propolis is with them, but trust me, they get the good stuff from the bees. They've got kids throat soothing lollipops. They've got 
throat spray. I, I now 100% officially am using this stuff when my throat starts to get itchy, okay? It's germ season. So propolis throat spray, again, it's available for kids and adults, is a great daily proactive immune support that tastes good and it really soothes your throat. So this is what I want you to do. Every single person is going to be super helpful for the podcast, but also for your body. Today, Beekeepers Naturals is offering you an exclusive offer. Go to beekeepersnaturals.com slash human hope and enter code human hope to get 20% off your order. That is B-E-E-K-E-E-P-E-R-S N-A-T-U-R-A-L-S dot com slash human hope or enter code human hope. That's what you got to do. Beekeepers natural products are also available at Target, Whole Food, Amazon, CBS, and all the places. This is a legit company and I'm so pumped to be partnering with them. Y'all know when I take my AG1, first thing in the morning, our next partner is Athletic Greens. I do. I take AG1 every single morning. Why? Well, I started because my gut was feeling funky, but I ended because it gives me energy and I know it's keeping me healthy. Now, what I love about AG1 is everything that they pack inside of it. Every single scoop is packed with 75 vitamins, minerals, and whole food sourced ingredients of the highest quality that give me major benefits, you two, like gut and mood support. I mean, both of them, right? If your gut feels good, your mood feels good, okay? And I don't know if your mood feels good, if your gut's going to feel good as well, but it also boosts my energy. And unfortunately for me, it gives everybody else healthier looking hair, but I don't have hair, so... It's really not doing it. I've been using AG1 for over two years, right? And not only am I still here, I feel like I'm feeling better than I ever have before. So if you're looking for an easier way to take supplements, Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Go to athleticgreens.com slash human hope. That's athleticgreens.com slash human hope. Check it out. I love this place. Yeah. I've been working here for seven years. I started, I was, I'm almost the OG of this place. Really? Yeah. Uh, when I first started coming to work here, I drove through a creek to get to work. No Literally. way. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the reason is that it takes time to make good stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And so they wanted me to come on and start re- raising and breeding bees so yeah. that the day they opened, it was like, bah, here now you who's, go. who's they? Paul Mishkin and his wife, Laura, okay. are, are private owners of this place. Okay. They're from Chicago, the nicest people in the world. Uh, and they originally wanted like a bed and breakfast. Uh-huh. And then everybody they talked to was like, no, 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 like, let's go big. Wow. Uh, and he had my honey at some party in Nashville years and years ago. Really? And he's like, I really like this. And he held on to it. And then he's like, hey, can we get a couple hives here? And again, I was like, no, 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 no. Like, yeah. you're, this is big. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We gotta yeah. treat this right. And so uh, I convinced him no to uh, put, you know, more than a couple of hives here, and uh, and it grew. And look, it grew. <laughs> we so have thanks to the bees. So uh, seven yeah. years it's been like in the process. Yeah, but I was a you know I only worked started working here about a year and a half ago full time. Okay. So I was a fireman. Yeah. Uh, and being a fireman, you work forty eight hours on, ninety six hours off. Yeah. So literally for ninety six hours, I lived and breathed wow. bees. That's wow. where I became addicted to beekeeping. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, along the way, this obviously was born, but like, you know, we didn't know if we are going to have a giant inn, a small inn, a 10,000 square foot right. spa. Like, right. it literally blossomed 
And if you're there early enough in the process, it blossomed with the bees. Wow. So literally the bees are a pillar of South Hall. Okay. Which I never expected to happen. Yeah, yeah, Ever. that's amazing. A million years. That is amazing. And this is literally a slice of heaven for bees. Like, right over there is a prime I mean, example. Like, yes. 35 acres of native perennials, like the bees never go anywhere. Oh. Like, they don't have to. Oh my God. Like, they literally hit the lotto. They don't even know it. <laughs> they hit the lottery, you know, so. Now, do bees, well, 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 be, I always hear that bees travel miles and miles, but if they don't have to, they won't. They won't. Oh. They work smarter, not harder. So okay. they can fly up to five miles, but bees are not going to, and it's literally right in front of them. Oh so, my gosh. Um, it's great because they don't have to work as hard. They, you know, make a ton of honey for us. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and then they're also really happy. And I know it sounds corny, but like happy bees make better honey. Wow. And this is a prime example. All right, we are going to get out for one second, and yep. I'm going to show you a couple things. Yeah, great. Okay, so you remember that. That's where you yep. um, spoke. Absolutely. So this right in front of us, I love pointing out because you think it's just a lake. Uh-huh. But this is literally the heart of South Hall. Okay. This lake feeds the production farm field over there. Okay. The farm field actually feeds it back. It feeds the orchard, oh, so it's pumped wow. up to drip that way. It feeds the um, kitchen gardens uh -huh. over there in the corner. Uh -huh. So like, without this thing right here, like this is Mamacita. Like this really, gets this us is going. like the uh -huh. heartbeat. Mm -hmm. Yeah, heart, without this, really. we're lost. Mm -hmm. Okay, okay. Um, and I think it's really important because it's so important, but around it, literally, like over our heads, you'd never know this, but uh -huh. there is a massive amount of bee activity going on right now. Really? Which is so much fun, yeah. We have seven apiaries on this property, which we'll see when we get okay. up top, but okay. they're literally like all over us all the time, uh -huh. but you won't you won't really know it, which means it's not your face, which right. means we can relax. Right, So the totally. average person who isn't like, I don't know about this bee thing, yeah. they can relax a lot more, because yeah. it's not like this scary. Now where's this water coming from? So all this thing was designed to collect the water oh, wow. and hold okay. on to it. You know, you can use it for recreation, but yeah. it's really like, what keeps us alive. Yeah. It really is. That's amazing. Um, and then obviously you've got the event center that looks out over it, yep. the spa over there. So we just, <laughs> we keep coming back to Lake Michigan is what it's called. Yes. After Paul Michigan, the owner. Okay. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. That's really, really fun. Amazing. And then, and then from this point of view, the apiaries are all over? Are Literally, they? they're all over okay. the place. We're going to go up the top of the hill and I'll point it out a little bit easier. Yeah. But um, notice this tree line right here. There's a story I'll tell you when okay. we get to the, the top about okay. why that tree line is okay. kind of important. Oh, okay. The whole process. Okay. Awesome. So. What's also so good. really cool about South Hall here is that like our bees are everywhere uh -huh. on this property. Really? So like we've got our apiaries in different spots, um, but our bees are really a part of the culinary team. They're a part of the spa. Oh. So we, we've got our bees kind of everywhere. How are right they a part the of the spa? Oh, buddy. Oh, man. <laughs> Get so, ready. Are you telling me I, I need to do like a four-part series? You probably got to come back. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Gotta come yeah. Back. We don't overwhelm you. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. That is so cool. Yeah. You ever okay. had a honey scrub? Now's I've never had, nope, never yeah. had a honey scrub. Honey scrub, honey elixirs. Wow. Um, pollen, you can smell pollen while you're getting a treatment. Yeah, it's, oh, it's wow. great. They're very, very oh, good. One just flew by me. Hey, buddy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. All right. Get right back in. So we're going to drive literally only like 20 feet up, halfway up. Okay. I'm going to tell you about something else that's hidden. Love it. I love hidden stories. Yes. As you can Me tell. Too. So in addition to honey, so when I say pollinators, I guarantee you're like, oh, honeybee, right? That's right, all right. you think of. Yeah. We are... You got to be more in tune with your environment um, than than just thinking about just honey. So sure, what we yeah. tried to do is see that little. Oh yeah, those are thing um, over there. 
native bee houses. Oh, okay. So that's where all our mason bees live. Mason and if you notice, bees. They all point to the orchard. Yeah. So we have them all over the place because not only like are they great for um, you know the environment, but they're really good pollinators. So think yeah. of like when a five-year-old goes to an Easter egg hunt and it like picks up you know the eggs and then goes to pick up more and it yeah. drops everything and yeah, picks yeah, up yeah. again. That's the pollination, and that's why oh. it's so powerful because it literally lands on an apple, drops everything it's carrying, picks it up again, lands on another apple tree. Yeah. And the cross pollination is off the charts, so it's literally like pollination on steroids. It's ridiculous. Um, wasps, do they get a bad rap? They get a bad rap. I'll be honest, I don't love them. Yeah. I love wasps too much, yeah. um, but they do serve a purpose. They do, um, okay. You know, they, they clean up caterpillars and hornworms and uh -huh. spiders, but. Um, uh -huh. I don't think we have to love each other. Yeah, we gotta just <laughs> totally, be friends. Totally, we gotta just coexist. Let's yes, just put it that way. I yes, that's a good lesson. Um, but yeah, so these these mason bee houses are everywhere. Okay. Um, super easy to raise. Like yeah. if anybody is ever interested in bees, but is like I don't want to, you know, I don't want to get stung. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Literally, that's what you want. That's what you it's want. It's like an hour a year of work versus oh, wow. like an hour a week that we have yeah. to do in our hives. Yep. yep. Um, it's a different world, and it's super easy. Literally, I harvest those bees in October and I stick them in the fridge. No I way. I put them in the fridge until next year and when the farmer's like, hey, we need time to, you know, we need them to pollinate, I literally take them out of the fridge and in 24 hours they hatch out. That's it. It's super easy. What? Yeah. The other thing is you gotta make sure you label the box that they're in or else your kids so like, <laughs> think they're like slip so peas good. or something like that. It's so good. But anyways. I love it. But uh, now are you here full time? So now I'm here full time. Okay. I retired from the fire service yep. about a year and a half ago after 20 years. Okay. Um, and so I live and breathe this stuff, which let's be honest, I kind of was doing that the last, Yeah. Absolutely. I've been doing this for 16 years. Yeah. And I have a very addictive personality. When something clicks, I want I want to know everything about yes. it. Yes, yes. I want to thirst for this stuff. And so yeah. it's just, I'm finally hearing, you know, that's what I'm going to do. Wow. Yeah. Now how, uh, how mature are the vines here? So they're about three or four years old. Okay. And, uh, and it's called espaliered, which means the trees are being held up by wires, yeah. which means they actually fruit faster. So okay. it's a really good little trick. Yeah. If you want to start an apple orchard right away and turn it, that's the way to do it. Otherwise, you're waiting like five or six years yeah. before you get anything. Yeah. Um, but there's 1,200 trees and like 40 varieties from around the world. Wow. It's, it's pretty neat. There's literally a guy, all he does is work in the orchard. Really? Yeah. That's yeah. cool. Which is a really fun little job to have. Taking you to my favorite spot in the entire property. Wow, look at this. The best view, you get really get a lay of the land. It's really quiet up here. A little wild. Alright, we're gonna park in the shade right here and okay. we'll walk back a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And now all, all of this is like public access part uh, hiking or you can you can hike here yeah. if you're a visitor yeah. and stuff but um yeah. i mean yeah it's like semi-open semi-closed i don't sure. know how else to describe it like yeah 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 you don't just walk on but we'll let you come on yeah we are going to learn about uh the different apiaries on the property okay uh and how they all kind of talk to each other yeah. in their own bee language yes all right so this was the first apiary on the entire property uh, we put about 10 colonies up here, and this is where I used to literally drive up the hill in my truck, get out, and then there's nothing was here. The lake wasn't here, none of it was here. It's just wow. a big old prairie. Um, but what's important about this is that 
this apiary talks to the one that's right across the way in the little okay. valley over there. There's also a couple apiaries down below. So see that tree line down there? Uh -huh. That is called Polk Creek. Okay. And 50 feet above that tree line is what we call the drone congregation area. Okay. So that is where all the males go to mate. Wow. And so that is where what I call the party zone. That's where it all happens. <laughs> that's, that's the magic that happens in the pollination world. Uh, and so all these little apiaries all meet in the middle. That's where they all mate. They all get it out of their system and then they come back and then they start their lives. So wh why are they all going there? You know what? Bees love to work smarter and harder, like we yeah. talked about. So they yeah. like to fly down. Usually they yeah. look for topography. They hit mm -hmm. that tree line mm -hmm. uh, and they literally go there year after year. Wow. So it's one of those like, you know, you talked about this in your book and I'm full subscriber to it. There's certain yeah. things I can't describe. I don't yeah. know why. Yeah. I don't know why they do it. Yeah. There's a magic to these bees yep. that is is um, awe-inspiring yep. and every single day I'm like, I wish I could figure it out. And then I'm like, you know what? Just let it go. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't yeah, know why yeah, they yeah. do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, who knows why? Yeah, they it just do it. it. Um, so once you know that, then you know, okay, they're meeting down there, which means now I'm going to like flood the area with all my drones. I'm going to yep. put all the males down there. Okay. So I'm going to overwhelm them with my genetics uh -huh. because I want really strong genetics. Yes. Um, and that's really important when you're in beekeeping or you're in, I mean, any, any serious endeavor, you want to make sure you're starting out with some good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, you start, we used to say in film school, garbage in, garbage out. Right. If you don't start right. with the good stuff, you're going to end up with junk. Right. Um, so we started with great colonies. Um, literally, what was it? Seven years ago, I brought the first queen on this property. Her name really? is Queen Nona and she was beautiful. Queen Nona. Queen Nona. He names his queens too. This is queen great. Nona. Yeah, it's not Queen Labifa. Not Queen Labifa, um, not Beyonce. The my newest queen is uh, Cardi B. Cardi B. <laughs> So. Awesome. Did your followers name her or did they you? Did. They, did. they did. They did. They did. They voted on Cardi quality. B. Yeah. Uh, so Queen Nona was amazing. She was beautiful. She was a good Italian. Yeah. She was a lover. Yes. Uh, very welcoming. Um, the only problem is she ate a lot. Her oh, offspring ate a lot. So they really? didn't um, they didn't overwinter too well. So they ate a lot of food. Um, and so we've sort of moved on from Nona. But Nona's like lineage is all over the place. Wow. She started this thing. And we're now at around 4 million bees. Wow. Um, so we've grown tremendously. And so her lineage is in the swarm traps. Like we literally use her essence in all the swarm traps oh, to attract her offspring. Okay. Um, we've transitioned now more to um, what's called the carniolian. Okay. Uh, and it's a happier, easygoing, good for, you know, tourist kind of yeah. bee. Yeah. Something you should consider. Yeah. Uh, get your Italian stuff out of your system. Sure, and then, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And then refine it a little bit okay. more. Um, but genetics is super important with bees. You really start with, you got to know, like, you know, they all have different personalities. Yeah. That's why I love this stuff. Like yeah. every hive is different. Every hive is going to be like some snippy, some happy, some super easygoing. And I want to be around easygoing people. Wow. Um, work with people you like. Exactly. You know what I mean? <laughs> so that's what I'm doing here. Okay. So okay. yeah, so this, this apiary, which is a collection of hives, talks to all the other apiaries. They breed down below, come back, and once they're done mating, they, they literally, they almost never leave. Wow. And they'll lay 1,500 eggs a day for the rest of their lives. That's amazing. Yeah. How, so how many queens are active on the property? What do you think, Catherine? 100? More? I would say probably about 120. 120. Honestly. Okay. Okay. So something that's really important is that you got to start with good things. You got to like, you know, breed it as much as you can and for crying out loud, pay it forward. Yes. And so our goal here is not only to raise great queens, make award-winning honey and like teach that bees are important and vital mm -hmm. and your friends, uh -huh. but we want to actually share those genetics with people across the state. So what Catherine's talking about is we literally make nucleus hives really? and then sell them to new beekeepers. Um, to try and get these genetics out in the state because yes. this past year, 40% of our bees died in Tennessee. Wow. 40%. That's ridiculous. 
It's not something. Now, why, 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 why is that? Super complicated. It's genetics. It's uh, lack of forage. It's pesticides. Uh -huh. It's mother nature. It's just really challenging time to be a beekeeper. Yeah. Doesn't wow. mean you shouldn't do it. Right. It means you keep trying. Don't right. give up. Right. But we need to help each other more. Yeah. In this world. Yeah. And that's the way we're doing it here. Yeah. So that is that. That is one thing that I am learning as I am three months into my maybe four. I can't remember when we had that course, but it's March. I think March. Right? Yeah. Uh, just how. Like, I, I don't feel like you'll ever stop learning because mm -hmm. like every failure I have every day, I'm like, mm -hmm. oh, oh wait, there was a gap this much in between mm -hmm. the, yeah. the the roof and, and they filled it all up with, you know, and yeah. then there's larva up there and I'm scraping <laughs> that off. And, yep. you know, it's like looking like maggots and I'm like, I give yeah. up forever, this is horrible. Yeah. Yeah. But then I'm like, no, I'm just gonna put it flat on it now. And so now there's no room. And so I just feel like I'm learning and I'm learning. Yeah. And it, I just love it. But you know what you're doing right? And by the way, you're completely in line with everybody that does this. Like yeah. you are literally <laughs> following, like you, I could tell you the next chapter but i ruin it for you i know exactly what you're gonna do next yeah because yeah. everybody i did the same thing we right. all screwed up in the beginning right right and we're all learning because you are now the the bee, the piece that you killed unfortunately <laughs> uh sorry buddy you are protecting future generations yes. they died for the future generations yeah um yeah. and you're going to become a better beekeeper my yeah. tuition that i paid i'm paying it on you know to you and yeah. you're doing the same thing to yeah. your followers so so good you, it's totally in line and you're going to have more failures yeah. but that's why this thing is amazing is because totally. it teaches you more about yourself than yep <laughs> the yep. Piece. yep that's it i yeah. love it i yeah. love it so this is wonderful. that's the kind of layout here. Okay. Uh, we'll keep moving, but um, it's important to know that everybody connects, everybody works together. Yep. Um, and it's really important that, you know, this stuff is going on behind the scenes. Yeah. We don't need to, yeah. whenever you stay here as a guest, you don't need to have it in your face. Right. Uh, right. You just need to know it's there and appreciate yep. it because these bees will teach you something new every day yep. and they will change your life. Uh, and we need them more than they need us. Yes. So love it. Awesome. All right. Okay. This is, I'll tell you a quick story. This yeah. is. Um, this is our breeding ground for virgins, right? So all the young queens, okay. we raise them here and okay. then we move on. Okay. The important part about this yard is that I have a little pet project and it's called the Apicensory Cottage. So I have plans to build a cottage that's based on a Slovenian beekeeping model. Okay. And you will go in there and lay down on wooden beds and there's beehives underneath your beds. What? There's 20 beehives in the walls of this structure of this cottage. Okay. So you can lay down on the bed, meditate, and smell the air of the beehive. Yeah. You can smell the honey coming in from the field. You can hear them, feel the vibration, yes. and look out the window at all the bees coming and going. Uh, and so these bees are being raised to go into the walls of a future okay. cottage. And and is that, are those cottages obviously um, are giving some sort of, um, I mean, I don't even know if it's scientific, but but are people literally healing things? Do bees, you know, are, are, are people finding and scientists finding that, you know, frequencies and buzzing and being around it and hearing it like actually helps you calm down? 100%. Wow. It's just that it's not as like, it hasn't, been bought into in the US. Yeah, yeah. In Slovenia, this is they're literally everywhere. Really? Everywhere in Slovenia. One out of every four people of Slovenia is a beekeeper. That's no. like the heart of beekeeping in the entire world. So if you want to go on a, that's what? my Mecca. That's where I'm going to go someday. Uh, oh, I'm going yeah. with you. Did you hear that? One out of every four people said in, in, Slovenia, in Slovenia is a beekeeper. Is a beekeeper. Yeah. It's no big deal there. They yeah. all have them in yeah, their yeah, backyards, houses, yeah. whatever. It's just the bees. It's like they dogs. sleep with the bees. Yeah. yeah. 
So they are strong believers in the health and wellness of beehive air therapy yeah. and vibrations and everything else. But here you sound like a snake oil salesman. So <laughs> sure, I'm totally. probably not going to go with that. That's right, my right. lead. Um, <laughs> but I do think it's a great place to go meditate. Yeah, it's a yeah, great place yeah. to experience the bees. You're completely self-contained. Yeah. No bees are around you. You just get to really experience them. Yeah, so that's great. That's the plan. And that's, it's hopefully 18 really cool. months away. Wow. Mm -hmm. It's going to be really great. Amazing. And do you have to do anything in particular as you're raising these bees to get them prepared to live inside of a... Yes. Okay. Good question. So there's specific frames that you got to use that uh -huh. we have in here that okay. slide in like backwards uh -huh. from the back to the front uh -huh. versus what you do. You take them out from yep. the top. So yep. okay. they're very different. Okay. Um, okay. But it's all made by Slovenian master craftsmen. So wow. the quality is insane. And it's how many really bees good. are we looking at right now? What do you think, Kath? How many bees are we looking at there? In total. Yeah. Uh, 20, 40, 60, I don't know, maybe 70 queens, 70. Wow. So every one of those boxes in front of us yep. here is two hives. Okay. It's just where we mate. Yep, yep. All we care about is that they go out, mate, they come back. Once we make sure their pattern's good, they're happy, then we move them on or we sell them or you know, uh, whatever okay. it is. Yep, yep. Yeah. And how can you tell when a queen has mated? Oh, buddy. Yeah, <laughs> right, let's get you in a suit. Let's, let's answer that question. <laughs> Thank you, Jay. Oh my gosh. If y'all, if y'all ain't inspired by that and by that human being, being, ha, get it? I don't know what'll inspire you. I just love him. Uh, I found a kindred soul and I'm grateful uh, for your friendship, Jay, and for what you're teaching me about the world through the honeybee. Listen, if you want to find out more about Jay and what he does, you, you guys can go to williamshoneyfarm.com. Check it out. Also follow him at Williams Honey TN, Tennessee, on Instagram at Williams Honey TN. You're gonna love it. He's got like eighteen thousand followers. He's he's just a source of wisdom. Uh, also, if you're interested, if if this has gotten you even mildly interested in bees, then you can literally. He's got courses on online courses. Uh, if you're not near Nashville, on his website, but you can also go to B School here. I'm gonna go again. I'm going to go again because I, I I just need more. I need more of this. Hopefully you guys enjoyed this. You know, I want to start having conversations with, you know, I, we have deep conversations, but I want to start having some conversations that just make us all take a deep breath and learn something new that we never knew before. Dr. Delight, cue us up. All right, friends. That's been it. I'll see you next week on another episode of the Human O Podcast.